Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Show me a penny and I'll pinch it. Show me a dollar and I'll grab it. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm awesome and I got a Great Lakes Brewing Co. Spacewalker American Belgio. Belgo. Belgo. I've never heard of that. It's uh, (laughs) a... It says it's a, a Belgian style L. I guess it's like a, a thing. Just called a Belgo. Uh-huh. But as a picture of a dude like in space drifting over the the world. So. You say Great Lakes? Uh yeah, yeah, Great Lakes. Interesting. I am recovering from the long weekend over in Dallas, and I am still dehydrated, so I'm drinking water. I'm afraid to drink any alcohol this week. Uh, I was even afraid to drink coffee yesterday, but I couldn't help myself today because I know coffee dehydrates you. But um, it does have water in it, so I figured it was good, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> what do you know? Uh, I don't yeah, yeah. So, guys, listen, uh, you can email us any questions. We're going to talk uh, a little bit today about something interesting that uh, it should be fun. And if you have any questions about it, you can email us in at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And, of course, you can send us your catchphrases, which uh, today's catchphrase is show me a penny and I'll pinch it. Show me a dollar and I'll grab it. And that was by Greg Crawford. And that is an awesome catchphrase. You have to be creative and think of things like that. Send them into our uh, Twitter account. It's at Money Matters Man. Follow us on Twitter. Send us some catchphrases. I will read them on the show in the beginning. Let's get into what we're talking about. We're talking about you want okay. We want to talk about being an expat, right? So let's figure out what that is. We have uh, Dave, David McKeegan from GreenbackTaxServices.com. David, how are you today? And what are you drinking? <laughs> Excellent. And I'm drinking coffee. I've got a three-week-old son who keeps me up most of the night, so I drink a lot of coffee. A lot, these days. lot of coffee. What kind of <laughs> what kind of coffee do you drink? Uh, basically black coffee, maybe a little dash of, uh, of milk in it. Mm. But by the gallon. <laughs> by the gallon. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're, let's let's get into it. Uh, you know, Andrew, what did you you wanted to start with this one, so let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is an expat? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? What is this? Well, basically, the way it's used uh, in our industry is it's somebody that's living outside their country of nationality. So when we talk about American expats. It's the approximately seven and a half million Americans uh, living outside the United States. Okay, that's all it is. Yep. And are they? Do they still have citizenship in the United States? Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, they still have citizenship in the United States. Although the number of people renouncing their citizenship uh, has been increasing each year for the past you know, ten years. If you don't renounce your citizenship, do you pay taxes on like your income from, say, your life in France? You can. Uh, you know, we can get into a lot of the detail around that. But basically, there's a couple different tax breaks that Americans overseas get, uh, which can greatly reduce their taxable income inside the U.S. So, you know, you can get a lot of people who are either digital nomads or entrepreneurs that set up in another country, uh, lower tax countries, who are able to reduce or eliminate their U.S. tax burden altogether. Really? Really. Hmm. <laughs> and they can come back whenever they want, and it's not like they're going to get arrested or something. Uh, you won't get arrested whenever you, whenever you want. Depending on how you're qualifying for these tax breaks, the amount of time you're in the U.S. is probably going to be limited. 
so, you know, one of them is called the physical presence test, where you need to be physically present in a foreign country for 330 days in a 365-day period. And if you do that, then the first, uh, let's see, for the 2014 tax year, the first $99,200 that you earn is tax-free in the U.S. Ooh, okay. All right. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, I can $100,000 tax-free? Yeah. Hold on a second. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I, I'm, I'm um, a guy who works for himself. I can pretty much live wherever I want. So if I leave the United States and say go live in Canada, which I don't know if it has a lower you know tax rate than the United States. I'm assuming a lot of places do, except for France maybe. Uh, that's pretty much all I know. Uh, can I? How do I? Am I? How do I legally become an expat? Like, is it? Do I have to qualify for something? Well, you would qualify the first year. You would always qualify for the expat tax breaks. Uh, by the physical presence test. And so I'm still you, paying you. This is U.S. tax. U.S. tax, I yes. still fall under the U.S. tax code. Yeah, the U.S. is the only uh, developed nation in the world that taxes based on citizenship rather than location. Oh. Okay. So, so okay. It's so, one of the benefits they don't tell you when you sign up. Hmm, right? <laughs> when you're born here, they don't tell you that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So if you were like this digital nomad and you were living in, I don't know, France, Spain, whatever, uh, and, you, and you pass this test, will you pay taxes to you know Spain or France or wherever you're living? Most I, likely you would. Now, it depends on what country you're in. Uh, you know, you guys keep picking high-tax countries. So, I figured, you know, yeah. <laughs> France and Spain, you're going to have, and Canada, I believe, you have – uh, either higher or very similar tax rates to what you'd get in the U.S. Um, How but, about Mexico? But, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure what the tax rate is in Mexico. But you know, let's say you go to Dubai, where there's no personal income tax. Um, you know, then you could literally be making $100,000 tax-free. Whoa. Mm. But, okay, what if that money comes from the United States? Uh, well, in that case, you're probably still going to have to pay Social Security on it. So, you know, in your case, you're self-employed. Yeah. Uh, you relocate yourself to Dubai. Um, you'd be able to exclude your income from taxation uh, because you've been living in Dubai for 330 days in a 365-day period. So you can exclude $99,200 of your 2014 income. But you're still going to have to pay uh, Social Security because you're either working as a sole proprietorship or some sort of U.S. business entity. I see. An LLC or you know, S-Corp in the U.S. Uh, so you'd be paying the 15.3% self-employment tax uh, because you're paying you know, the employee and the employer side. Mm -hmm. But you're not paying any income tax. Now, if you're set up as an overseas corporation... You know, let's say you set yourself up as a Hong Kong corporation or a Singapore business or something like that. Um, then you're working for a foreign corporation, so then you're not paying the Social Security tax either. So you're just paying the taxes that are in Hong Kong, say? Yes, but Hong Kong only taxes you on income that you earn while you're inside Hong Kong. Right. See, and that's, so, I'm, a little, I'm still a little confused. So, uh, all right, if I am... Because I moved to, why does it matter what country I go to if where the uh, if the tax break that I'm getting is the U.S. tax break? Well, 
it's not going to matter what country you're in as far as the U.S. tax break. Uh, that's just as long as you're in a foreign country. Okay. Uh, and that, you know, things like the U.S. Virgin Islands don't count as a foreign country. It, right. You know, it's a U.S. foreign country or, or sorry, a foreign country uh, not including U.S. territories. Got it. So if you're somewhere – like I lived in England, in London for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were paying – the top tax rate in England at the time was about 40%. The top tax rate in the U.S. at the time was 35%. So we would pay all our British taxes, and then we'd get a tax credit, uh, which is the other way you can save on taxes if you live internationally, offsetting what we would have owed in the United States had we not already been paying it in a foreign country. So So the U.S. gave you money then? No, we didn't get money. We got a credit against uh, a dollar-for-dollar credit reducing what we would have paid in the U.S. And then Mm. you can earn those credits. You can build them up and offset future income that you get overseas against U.S. taxes. Uh, yeah, so let's say you move from the U.K., you've got $100,000 in tax credits built up, and you move to Dubai. Uh, well, you can use those tax credits to offset $100,000 worth of U.S. tax. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so let's go back to the beginning. How the, the, is the only process to becoming an expat being just being in a country for 330 days yeah so the most basic way to do it is to meet the qualifications of Uh the physical presence test so basically be physically present in a foreign country for 330 days right so then why uh, because from my understanding like you can go to a place like hong kong and uh basically evade all or, or most taxes um why Why would you then renounce your citizenship? Well, the big push, the big reason people are renouncing their citizenship right now, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, this is a little controversial, but I believe it's because of the FATCA rules, uh, Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. And basically what's happening, you know how if you have a U.S. account, you get a 1099 at the end of the year? Yes. Right. Basically, what the IRS is saying is that, okay, every every single bank around the world, we now want a 1099 from you, too, uh, for your American clients. Uh, it, it goes more in depth than that, but that's basically what they're demanding of all every single foreign you know, bank, brokerage company, whatever, uh, around the world. And so what's happening is people are the banks are saying, well, we don't want to go through the hassle of trying to produce this report for the 300 American clients we have out of you know, 3 million people. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to kick them out of our bank. We're going to close their accounts. So if you're an American living in Switzerland, there's you know, somewhere that traditionally has been a banking haven, or even you know, now I'm starting to hear rumors of other countries as well, uh, your bank has closed your account. They've called your mortgage uh, you know, you can't you can't operate as a person on the grid in that financial inst- in that country financially because nobody will touch you because you're an American. So it's not your choice, is what you're saying. I mean, it's pretty much not your choice. Well, you know, people still do it. You still, you know, you don't have to renounce your citizenship, but a lot of people are choosing to because. They can't. It's a lot harder to live a normal life in the country of their choice uh, as an American citizen. 
Well, if you renounce your citizenship, can you like get it back? No. Oh, really? So you're like one and done. One and done, yeah. Couldn't have been like a drunken night of debauchery where you just and, uh, <laughs> randomly denounce your citizenship. It, it, I, isn't that a hangover for, four? <laughs> <laughs> the, the process is a little bit more in depth uh, in renouncing your citizenship than uh, you know. You have to actually go into the embassy and yeah. formally renounce it. And I'm pretty I sure you just called John Kerry and just you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if you just showed up absolutely plastered, uh, they wouldn't accept. They would, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not like getting a tattoo, for instance. Uh, so you're you're an expat, right? Yes. Where are you currently living? Uh, we live in Bali, Indonesia. Bali, Indonesia. Yep. And is it is the tax rate in Indonesia very low? Yeah, the tax rate. Uh, it's lower than what we'd be paying in, you know, say, London, where we were previously. So it makes sense for you to go to a place that has a lower tax bra- a lower tax code, like tax percentage, as opposed yeah. to say, like, you know, like France. I know has a pretty high one, right? Well, really, what you want to be doing is picking where you live based on the quality of life and you know, things other than taxation. Uh, I think, like. Yeah, we didn't pick there because of the tax rates or anything like that. We mm. picked it because we like being near the beach. Uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs there, so it's a pretty interesting spot to be in. Uh, there's good schools. We've got three kids, so uh, having good schools is important to us. Uh, and you know, overall, the cost of living is pretty reasonable there. So you know, those are the reasons we picked to live there. It wasn't purely a tax decision or anything like that. So it's a quality of life decision. Yeah, exactly. in the sense that okay. And I'm and and I have never been outside of the country. Andrew has, but to me, it seems like Indonesia is 100, like way foreign. How do you? So your kids go to an Indonesian school. Do they speak English? And part of me, if I sound completely naive here, uh, well, they go to a you would probably call it an expat school. So they do speak English, uh-huh. uh, but they also are learning a bit of Bahasa, which is the local language there. Really. So you, yeah, they they can say please and thank you and count and you know some other things like that in Bahasa. Right. So oh my god, I, I can't even imagine. So do you have citizenship <laughs> in Indonesia? So are you are you have dual citizenship? No, we we uh, are just on a visa over there. Uh, I do have dual citizenship though. I ha- I have U.S. and Irish citizenship. Uh, my oldest son, who's about five, has U.S. and U.K. citizenship. Uh, our middle son, who's two, has U.S. and Argentine citizenship, and the baby we just had just has U.S., but we'll get him Irish as well. So it, is there a benefit? I, mean, I feel like there might be like a negative thing associated with dual citizenship because then you'd pay taxes to like two countries. Or am I like off base? Well, you wouldn't pay taxes to two countries because the U.S. is the only country that taxes based on citizenship. Oh, right, right, right. Hmm. So, you know, the advantage, uh, you know, the big benefit is really more around travel for us. So, you know, when we go to Europe, we can go on the uh, short lines for EU citizenship uh, because, you know, we have EU citizenship. When we go to, you know, Brazil or Argentina, uh, we don't have to pay the uh, reciprocal visas that they charge down there uh, because the U.S. charges visas 
a hundred dollar visa or something like that for people from brazil and argentina so when we go down there we don't have to pay that because we go in on our other passports um so, so yeah, you all have that. you all have like uh, Argentinian citizenship, or, or just that one son of yours does? Well, I believe if we, because we were living in Argentina when he was born, and mm. if we went back and lived in Argentina again, I believe we would be able to get citizenship through our son. Right. So he was born there; he got citizenship mm. there. So we would be able to apply for it and get it through him. And we know people who've done that. So, yeah. so you have yeah. kids to collect citizenships then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a side benefit. Right. <laughs> well, uh, the one thing I heard about recently, and I'm not sure which company this was, but they ended up uh, basically incorporating the company in Ireland because the tax code was very low there. And they right. got a lot of shit for it because, you know, they're operating technically in, in the U.S., but they're under the, uh, you know, the Irish tax code. And they, and it, it's kind of like, well, that's not fair to the American people because, you know, you're selling us all your shit. It's all, you know, it's an American company technically, and you just did that to, to so you didn't have to pay taxes. Yeah, a lot of companies... I'm sure it's uh, not the only one. I'm sure there's a ton. I mean, I mean, it's the same reason why we go overseas for, for work. It's just everything's cheaper. I, I would bet that, you know, probably 450 out of the Fortune 500 uh, have some sort of overseas setup in order to reduce their tax burden. Um, yeah, a big one people talk about a lot is someone like Google, mm -hmm. where what they do is they move their intellectual property overseas, um, and you know they'll set up a company in Ireland, probably maybe one in Holland, and then another one in Ireland. Uh, I believe that's called a Dutch sandwich. And <laughs> it sounds yeah, like a sex move. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what they do is they. They basically charge the different businesses different amounts of money based on uh, you know, their intellectual property. And some of them are able to get their you know, U.S. tax burden or their global tax burden down to you know, like 3% or something like that. Uh, whereas the corporate tax rate in the U.S. is 35%. Currently. Currently, yeah. And that could go up or down, probably up, I would imagine. Well, yeah, the thing is a lot of people are saying that it's uncompetitive having a tax rate that high on businesses. And that's why businesses are doing this. Uh, so, you know, if you can go to other countries and set up and do your production or your IP or do whatever there, um, you know, as the CEO of the company, you're responsible for giving the shareholders the best return that you can give them. And so tax savings is a part of that. Yeah, that's the way the CEOs argue why they're doing this is their job is to give their shareholders the best deal. And you know, some of these more complicated financial techniques is how they're able to do that. Hmm. Is well, is this what you do specifically? Yeah, I was gonna ask no. like what is your what does your company do? We do taxes for, you know, average Joe who lives overseas. So you know, if you decide that you're going to up and go to Canada or Mexico, you're going to run your business from there uh, because, you know, you're interested in living overseas and you know, maybe you want to travel while you're running your business or maybe you work for a bank in Hong Kong or London or, you know, you're in the oil industry and they send you to the Middle East or something like that. Mm -hmm. We do taxes for all those folks. 
And you know, tax returns for Americans living overseas are a bit more complicated because you want to make sure that you're getting either the foreign earned income exclusion, which is how you can exclude about $100,000 of your income from your U.S. taxes, or that you're getting the foreign tax credit uh, where you're offsetting the tax you pay to the foreign country on your U.S. tax return so that you're basically reducing or eliminating as much of your U.S. tax burden as possible. Uh, but to do this, you have to fill out a bunch of extra forms. Um, so far, there's no good online way to do this. You know, TurboTax, uh, we see a lot of people who try to do it themselves via TurboTax and end up messing something up. Then they get a letter from the IRS. Then, you know, they come to us in a panic because, uh, you know, now the IRS is coming after them for something or another. So, so sorry, again. that's, sorry, that, that's who we're trying to help. You know, we're trying to help people like my wife and I who, for whatever reason, want to live overseas, but are trying to stay compliant with all the U.S. tax laws as well. So um, I'm a pretty competitive guy, and uh, I, I'm a little jealous you have so many citizenships, so I may start <laughs> having babies across the world. Um, what, what things do I need to consider ahead of time to make sure that wherever I wind up landing, I don't get uh, screwed? Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors, like generally for expats. Um, you know, the tax stuff is largely straightforward. You know, you want to make sure that when you go, uh, you can be abroad for 330 days, uh, in a 365 day period that doesn't get prorated. So if you end up being abroad for 335 days in a 365 day period, you don't get that tax, uh, break. So, you know, if you're going abroad, count your days, make sure you're in the foreign countries. Um, a lot of people are having a lot of problems now with bank accounts, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because of the FATCA rules. I heard the other day that Mexico had started closing accounts for people. And, you know, there's estimated to be about a million Americans living or a million U.S. citizens living in Mexico. Uh, so if they start closing all those bank accounts, those people are going to have a much harder time uh, doing normal things. Uh, you know, a couple countries in Europe, uh, you know, Switzerland uh, specifically, I know, has been closing people's accounts for a while. So if you're going to go abroad, you want to make sure you have a bank account uh, in the U.S. that you can use from overseas that you can, you know, you're not going to be paying uh, $5 every time you go to the ATM to take out money and things like that. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be a big factor for people, especially if you're on a budget. Do you know what do you do you know personally what some of the best countries are if they if people are legitimately trying to instead of improving the quality of life they're they're trying to save money on taxes? Well, you really have to look at all the countries individually. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're a digital nomad, uh, what some people do if they're planning on traveling anyway, a lot of countries you don't fall under their tax jurisdiction unless you're there for 180 days. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will just move every three or four months and, you know, they won't pay any local taxes and they won't pay any U.S. taxes. Well, wait, wait, wait. So somebody who is a world traveler <laughs> and they don't end up staying in one place at one time, they actually get a – they don't pay any taxes. Right. They're just – oh. So if I just keep moving, I'm dodging everything. Well, it's not so much that you're dodging it. You probably wouldn't owe it 
uh, to the countries you were in because uh-huh. you haven't been there long enough to be taxed. Right. And as long as you're meeting the U.S. requirements, then you know the first hundred thousand dollars you earn is untaxed in the U.S. And then what about all the money after that? It's just taxed normally. Yeah. So it's taxed like normal thirty-five percent. Yeah. So if I'm but, so if I'm a guy, well, if I'm a guy making eighty thousand dollars a year and I'm moving, you know, every three months to different part different countries and never set foot in the United States, I'm essentially dodging taxes. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you own any property? Yes. Do you have a mortgage? I do. Do you take a mortgage interest deduction? Uh, yes. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Do you consider that dodging taxes? No. Well, then why do you consider it dodging taxes if you're following the same IRS laws living overseas? I don't mean dodging in a bad way. <laughs> I mean dodging in a very good way. Yeah, but you're right. Or like, or just, or like packing your money into you know an IRA or something and just hiding yeah. your money. Yeah, it, you know these are all laws that are set up to promote people working overseas because when people go overseas, they spread U.S. businesses overseas. Mm. They pick up ideas from overseas and bring them back to the U.S. and start businesses in the U.S. So you know there's benefits. Uh, to America. For the United States right. for having people live overseas. That's interesting. Andrew, you want to do that? I would love to do that. Just hop around. You know, so I, I actually have a question because I, I really, really do want to do that. And it's kind of like my long term. It's on my bucket list. But I, I have a concern where it's like I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm moving around every like two months, every three months. So I'm never there long enough to get taxes. But there must be a time that I land in a place when tax returns are due like do i just never submit a tax return like how how does this kind of work well to where to the countries you're traveling through no to the to the united states right well i'd say both i mean i guess i i'm assuming that i would need to do it for the u.s but i wouldn't for the other countries yeah you probably wouldn't need to file in the other countries Mm -hmm. um because you're not there long enough Right, because you're not there long enough. You don't fall under their jurisdiction, so you don't have to pay tax there. Uh, for the United States, yeah, April 15th is the tax deadline. If you're living overseas, you get an automatic extension to June 15th, so you get two months extra. And then depending on where in the world you're living, yeah, let's say you live in Australia for a full year, uh, their tax year ends June 30th. Uh, so then you can get an extension on your U.S. taxes to October 15th so that you have time to pull together all your Australia tax stuff, submit your Australia taxes, you know, get all that filed away, and then you can file your U.S. taxes based on the information from your Australian return. Uh, my mind's kind of blown right now. Uh, <laughs> do you, so, uh, you're, so currently you're living in Indonesia, and, you're, and you are there like the whole year, right? Uh, or do you jump not around? Always. We jump around too. So are you are you avoiding taxes? Yeah, we move around enough that we don't fall under the tax jurisdiction in Indonesia, Indonesia which I say, uh, which I imagine is lower than the United States. Uh, yeah, I don't know what their top know. one okay. is anymore. Interesting. I, I think it's similar. I think it's in the thirties. Okay, and you're and you're a digital nomad yourself. Yes. So there's no like setup. You know, headquarters anywhere, no no building structures you're working out of. It's all out of your laptops or computers or wherever you guys are from. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And uh, how can people find you besides you have your website? What's your website again? Greenbacktaxservices.com. And is there any other places they can find you and get in touch with you? 
Uh, yeah, you can ping me an email, dmckeegan at greenbacktaxservices.com. Uh, I haven't been a big one on Twitter or uh, anything like that. No. Why not? Been busy running the business. I was going to say, there's probably, a lot of, <laughs> there's probably a lot of people curious about this subject on Twitter. <laughs> and do you deal with a lot of digital nomads? I imagine that's a big, that's a big chunk of it. Yeah, a, you know, a bunch of our friends over in Valley, uh, and yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of the DC Dynamite Circle. Uh, Dan no. and Ian from the Tropical NBA uh, set it up. It's basically a group of entrepreneurs who are all location independent, and uh, so we're in that, and we talk to a bunch of people in there about this kind of stuff as well. Cool, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm yeah, I'm fun. pretty sure once I get. Uh, enough balls to travel the world because i'm i'm not a well i'm not a very good traveler as andrew realized uh this week this past I'm, weekend i'm curious matt you said not enough balls like how many balls do you need, I need like just, maybe like four <laughs> you might not make it through security it's gonna be okay. tough it's gonna be tough yeah not if they're metal no that's for sure uh, so, so watch out for the big brass ones exactly exactly <laughs> all right well david thanks for coming on the show and sharing this stuff with us it's really oh, my uh, pleasure it's 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 interesting stuff, and uh, I hope one day to do it. I mean, I, I think for me it wouldn't be so much about the taxes as it would be, as you said, the quality of life thing. Uh, and then that's a kind of like a bonus. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how we view it is uh, we really enjoy living overseas, traveling, you know, showing the kids new places and mm-hmm. everything like that. And, uh, you know, the tax side of it is just an added bonus for us. Is it tough traveling with kids? It's tougher than traveling without kids. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> We've got three now, so uh, we're trying to learn how to play zone defense. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys. Uh, if you have questions about this stuff, and I'm sure some of you will, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And, of course, David gave out his email, but if, you, uh, if we get questions through us and um, and we, don't, we can't answer them, uh, it's cool if we contact you, David, and maybe be on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and uh, check out his website, greenbacktaxservices.com. And uh, real quick, I want to read a review uh, that we got on uh, iTunes, of course. Simple yet refined, five stars uh, by Willie Janes Huff of the United States. So I should have did an overseas one, shouldn't I? I've, that would have been, right? been appropriate, yeah. <laughs> These guys provide great info without unneeded promos or preachy advice. It is nearly impossible to find finance shows slash podcasts slash articles where the host or authors personally use the products they suggest. These guys do. Most importantly, they offer great suggestions on booze. So keep up the good work. And um, thank you very much, Willie. And we're probably going to have to use, if when me and Andrew go digital nomad on everyone's ass, we are definitely <laughs> going to be using greenbacktaxservices.com. So I'm glad we got to talk to you today, David. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. All right, and guys, make sure you real quick check out listenmoneymatters.com. If you want any more advice on any of this stuff, uh, we will see you there. So, uh, Andrew, that's it. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, if I had anything else, I would have interrupted you. Of course you would have. <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out with us, guys. And, of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later. Later.